Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. So Phil is going to come and preach. Just pray your blessing on Phil this morning. Thank you for him, Lord. Just pray that the word he brings us will just hit the target. It will bless us. It will speak to us. And it will honor you, Jesus. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have to just adjust this. This is way too high. And I'm going to move it. Because it gets in the way. Okay. Are we, uh, can we do the picture? You may remember some years ago, we gave out a number of these. These are placemats for your desk, for home, for wherever you are, to remind you and ask that question of, have you a taste for adventure? Now, some of you took that up, and some people who maybe even tune in now to our Sunday mornings are not here actually physically part of Church in the Peak, moved away to other parts of the UK or even out abroad somewhere else, and you went on your adventure, what you felt God was taking on. Others have uh, been on adventure here, and uh, we have been on adventure as a church in terms of a building, in terms of our social action, in terms of our mission to our area. God's been taking us on an amazing adventure, which I believe has only just begun. We are not at the end of an adventure, we are still at the beginning of an adventure, that's taken that God's got for us. So, have you still got that taste for adventure? Is it still in you? And I think that what I want to talk about this morning and where we're looking to go, as Neil mentioned, we're going to be looking at Colossians. And I'm not actually going to speak from Colossians this morning. I want to prepare us to go into Colossians. I want to prepare us, prepare our hearts, prepare our lives to go into that because I guess we don't see or we wouldn't necessarily think of an adventure as being sitting and doing and spending time reading the Word of God or praying or encountering Jesus and spending time getting to know Him more. And I want to say it's as much in an adventure into the Word of God, as much of an adventure into prayer, there's as much of an adventure to be had in terms of experiencing Jesus and not just the doing. We think of adventure being perhaps something that's perhaps adrenaline kind of rush adventure. You might like skydiving, you might like jumping off cliffs, you might like climbing, you might like skiing down black runs, I don't know what it is. Peter's nodding his head, of course. He loves that and he can't do it this year. Uh, just, so, just to rub that in. Uh, you might like all that kind of adrenaline rush adventure. Not so much for me. Uh, we were at Disneyland with the kids when they were little in Paris and we went on these elephants that go up and down, round and round, up and down, and even that was way too bad for me. I was feeling sick on this ride It was for little kids. Uh, it's not my kind of adventure, but I do want some adventures with God. And when Jesus called the first disciples, he called them to an adventure. He called them, he said, you're fishing for fish, you're fishing here in the lakes, you're fishing here in the sea, but actually I want to make you fishers of men. I want to take you on a different kind of journey. I want to take you into something, an adventure that's different and fresh. And so if we go to Matthew, 
and uh, eight, uh, verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Having spent three years with Jesus, having spent this time with him, getting to know him a bit, learning from him, being with him, he says this to them as he, before he ascends to heaven. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the kind of adventure that God's got for us. That's the kind of adventure he intends for us, is actually we go and make disciples, but actually making disciples starts with being a disciple. You can't go and replicate what you are if that's not what you already are. You can't call people to something that you're not already being. Leaders could only lead people to where God's taking them. And if we're not going anywhere as leaders of this church, then you're not going anywhere with us either. It's not possible. We can't lead you where we've not gone. And so even for us, this is a challenge to us, we want to lead people and we want to lead the church and we want to lead us into the adventure God's got for us. The second passage I want to look at is Mark 15. And uh, hopefully that will be coming up on screen very shortly. <clears throat> Mark 15, verse 15 to 18. And this is the same um, instruction again that Jesus gives. It's just Mark recording it rather than Matthew. This is Mark's recording of those words. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Everyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned, because they're already condemned. That's not in the script, that's my addition. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety and they will drink anything poisonous and it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. This is a new kingdom order. This is what God planned for the church. The problem today is that we've institutionalized church which God never intended it to be an institution. He intended it to be the, the expression of the life of God and of the Father and of the kingdom of God through all society and not become some institutional thing within it. And God wants us to be those who know what it is to be a disciple so that we can disciple others. You see, the danger is we've made all this stuff specialist. So some could say, I've got a deliverance ministry. Some say, I've got a healing ministry. Some could say, I've got a prophetic ministry and all that. Actually, it should be in the fullness of the church, should all of that be the case. That we're all doing this. And it's not down to the specialists. It's not that this is my ministry. This is the ministry of the kingdom of God that's within each one of us. That God wants us to bring to the world around us. But unless we're living it out in our daily life, unless we're living in the good of it for ourselves, how will we lead anyone else into it? So the question is, what is a disciple then? What makes a disciple? What does that look like? Well, the dictionary says this, one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. Seems quite simple. We believe in, we accept what Je the teachings of Jesus, we believe the word of God, 
we take that, we apply it to our lives, and then we lead others in doing the same. That's what Jesus said. What I've given to you, freely give. You freely receive. Now go and freely give it to those that yet don't, don't, don't yet have it, that don't yet know this. And for some of you, uh, even listening today, you've only just joined this adventure. You're new Christians. You've just come to know Jesus. And you're beginning an adventure with him that's going to take you all over. I've known people who could never dream of the things that God would take them into before they became a Christian, before they knew Jesus. They would never dreamed of some of the things. And, uh, and for, even for myself, I never dreamt of some of the things that God would take me into before I knew him. God's got an adventure for each one of us with him. But you need to know what it is you believe. And that's why we're doing Colossians. That's why we want to look at it, because first of all, it takes us and points us at Jesus. And we look at him. And we can only reflect him when we know him. We can only reflect who he is when we know who he is. We can only reflect his life when we know. And it's kind of tied up in this one verse. It says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. This is Colossians. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. If you want the verse reference, sorry, I didn't give you that, did I? It's Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Christ lives all the fullness of the God, of God in human body. We've got to look at Jesus. It's all in him. And this adventure to have with him actually is that we look to him. And we live in him. And we live for him. And we live that out in our daily lives. So that we are also complete through him. We don't have to lack anything with our union with Christ because he's head over everything. No matter what's happening in our world, we might look at it, we might think politicians and scientists and the medical world and all that are all kind of getting it under control, all trying to manage it, all trying to do stuff. No, he has all power and authority. No one else. And while there's things we have to do because it's right that we follow government guidelines and all those things and we're doing that, but actually, ultimately, we're following Jesus. He's our first and foremost, the one we're following. And there's two things about discipleship. There's two things that's come out. I've, as I've said a number of times now, I, I spent last year just looking at the life of Peter, looking at what it was to be a disciple, looking at how he lived that out, and, and looking at his letters and kind of his life. And, and it's interesting. I thought this, that it's the only one of the disciples we're told about all his failures and all his successes in scripture we see his life laid bare before us and where he's failed the things he's done wrong and yet on the other side of it after the day of pentecost we see his successes and it's recorded for us the victories and the, the amazing things that god did that even in his shadow people got healed and i don't know anybody on the face of the earth at the moment that happens at, right now i'd be great if it did but I don't know of anybody. Unless somebody can tell me, that's great, but I don't know of anybody. And I wish I could do that. But first, two aspects of being disciple. First we follow, and then we go. And they're not separate. It's almost like we do the two together, simultaneously. We're following and we're going. The danger is if we go and we don't follow, we go off on our own way and we do our own thing. If we're following and going... We're following who is it, and we're going the same way he's going. 
And that is the encouragement for us. So look at the first disciples. It says they first they followed Jesus. They followed him. He said, come follow me. They went. They followed him. They left everything and went to follow him. Secondly, they were captivated by him. As were many, they were just captivated by Jesus. By, not because there was anything beautiful about him, not because he was a great, handsome man, but because it just he, he carried the kingdom of God. And that's what's attractive. And you can carry the kingdom of God in the same way, and that will attract people, because the kingdom of God is attractive. And people will be captivated by the kingdom of God in you. They learnt from him. He taught them well. They learnt to obey him. And what he asked them to do, they did. How many times... As God asked us to do something, we've perhaps not actually done what he asked us to do. Or maybe we did something we didn't even ask him whether we should do that. I was talking to a friend of mine this week, and uh, I just, while I was talking to him on the phone, I just had this question. Uh, and I, I was kind of, I was nervous to ask the question. Because I didn't want to offend, I didn't want to upset, but I just said, did God tell you to do that, or did you do, do that of yourself? And it's like, suddenly this light came on and said, Good question. That's a challenging question. No, he didn't tell me to do that. Sometimes, let's be asking, what is it, God, you want me to do? Let's not act before we ask, sometimes. There are things that it's appropriate we ask before we act. They learnt to obey. They imitated him. Wherever he went, they imitated Jesus. They did the things he did. And he sent them out on their own without him there. But they still imitated him as he sent them out. They were trained by him. Not only did, they t- did he teach them, but he trained them by example, by being with them, by showing them this is how you pray for the sick. This is how you meet this need. This is how you do this. This is how you set someone free. He, he trained them. It's on-the-job training. It was almost like a, a fast-track training program. To the disciples, they were fast-tracked into doing things of the kingdom. And whether you're a Christian 30 years or a Christian 30 days, you can still do the things of the kingdom. Because the same Jesus lives in each of us. And lastly, in the following, in following him, they were transformed by him. They became like Jesus. They were, their old life was transformed into looking like him transformed into being who he is when people see you do they see jesus when people look at you and your actions and your reactions your choices do people see jesus in you are you being transformed by him many of these things are character issues and god's interested in our character he gives us gifts freely and it says the gifts are without repentance but he wants to shape us to make our character like the character of Jesus. Then in the going, there's part two of this, they went because they were sent. They didn't go off their own back. They didn't go and think, oh great, we've got this new thing, we've got this kind of new gimmick thing we can do, let's go and do it. No, Jesus sent them and he sent them with power and authority to do it. And sometimes we can try and do things in our own strength. When we go on our own, we do it our thing, we're doing our thing, we're doing our ministry. Sometimes it can be that we're doing it out of us and not out of him. We're not relying on him. He's, he's, we're not relying on the resources he gives us to do the things he's called us to do. So, but when we are sent, when God sends us, he gives us what we need to do, what he's asking us to do. 
So they didn't have any ambition of their own or any ego. Anything like that, they went because he sent them. He told them to go. And it's all part of it. They were, they were both being following and going at the same time. You read the Gospels. They were going and they were following. The two mashed together. They went with him. Wherever he went, they went. And they went with him. And actually God wants us to go with him, not him with us. We go with him. I remember some years ago we had a guy called Keith come and preach and he talked about David and Goliath. And, and he talked, no sorry, he didn't talk about it, he talked about Joshua, sorry, and going to Jericho and, and he meets the captain of the Lord's army and it's almost like he asked the wrong question, are you with us or against us? Are you for us or against us? And it's like, actually we're always on his side. He's never on our side. We we'll always have to be on his side. We go with him, and he went with them. They were not alone. They went with the presence of the Holy Spirit. It says, recorded for us, even before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, it says he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. They went under the power of the Holy Spirit, even before the day of Pentecost. He worked with them. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Carried his authority. How? Equipped by the Holy Spirit. Led by him, directed by the Holy Spirit. Have you known the directing, the leading of the Holy Spirit? Go to this person, say this, go to that person, go there, do this. Have you known that kind of uh, leading by the Holy Spirit? They continue to obey him. Calling others to the obedience that comes from faith. They believed and they trusted and they followed And even today, there are some who say the Holy Spirit's not for today. Sorry, but it is. We cannot do the following and the going without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need him. We need his leading. We need his guidance. We need his gifts. We need his equipping. We need the authority he brings. We need the direction and guidance, the wisdom, the comfort. We need him. He is for today. And we will need him for today in the time that we're in, in the, the direction that God wants to lead us and take us and actually take the church, we will need the Holy Spirit. More than ever we've perhaps needed him. We're going to need him. <laughs> so, I need to wrap up. Time's gone. So, discipleship starts with Jesus. Who are you following? Are you following Jesus? Are you following some other ideology? Some other... Um, maybe other truth, it's not the gospel, I want to call you to follow Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you're tuning in this morning, you don't follow Jesus yet, you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you, look at Jesus, follow Jesus. He's worth it. He's worth finding, he's worth giving your life to. He's worth laying your life down for. I remember once, very quickly, um, when I was planting a church, and we'd written all these promises out on a scroll on a uh, which actually ended up being it was a scroll was actually a roll of wallpaper and we just rolled it out and we just wrote all these promises all the way down just whole thing and a whole roll of wallpaper laid out with all these things that God had spoken to us and then we were praying one day and I just felt God say to me are you willing to lay your life down for this and I battled and I argued and I said well I love it all I love all the promises I'm for it oh God and he said no are you willing to lay your life down and again it kept coming and coming until the end I I went and laid on these promises, on this, 
In this prayer meeting, it was all rolled out and I went and laid on it. I didn't know what it would cost me at that time. But I laid my life down for it. And God asks us to do the same. Are we willing to lay our life down for him, to follow him? The disciples left everything to follow him. Are we willing to do the same? Discipleship starts with Jesus and following him, looking to him, first going to him. And then in the going to him, he sends us out to go and do. So as we go into looking at uh, Colossians, the first chapter is looking at Jesus. He's the Lord of creation, Lord of the church, Lord of ministry. Chapter 2, the Lord of our walk, the Lord of our salvation, the Lord of our growth. Chapter 3, our life. He's, it's about us. It focuses on us, our life, our mind, our body, our attitude, our actions. And chapter 4, our love, our love for the lost and our love for one another. That's where we're going this term. That's where God's leading us because we want to become true followers of Jesus in these days when the world needs to know that there's a God in heaven who loves them. When the world needs to see a church rise up, the true church, the glorious church that spoke of in, in the Bible, where a church will rise up and it'll be like a city on a hill, that's what this nation and the nation of the world need to see. Are we willing to be true followers of Jesus? And as we go into Colossians and we focus on Jesus, allow him to win your heart again. Be captivated by him as we look at Jesus. Amen. Let me just pray for you. So, Lord, we want to thank you that you are our great saviour. You've redeemed us, saved us, sanctified us, justified us by faith, called us to be yourself. Lord, we want to thank you. And Lord, I just want to pray for each one of us that today, even through this, your word today, Lord, you will again give us a hunger and a thirst for you, Jesus. I pray, God, for those that have gone cold. If that's you this morning, I just want you to acknowledge that before God. If you know your love for him, you're following him's grown cold, uh, and, and you've lost your way even this last year through all life circumstances and stuff, I just, just come back to him this morning. There's a call for you to come back to him and allow him to come and warm your heart again. That where you're cold, he will come and he will breathe on those embers and they burst into life again, where you have a, a love and a passion for Jesus again. Maybe it's not even just been recent, maybe it's over years where you've just lost that again. Would you come again to Jesus? So Lord, I want to pray for anyone whose heart has grown cold to you. Would you come right now by your Holy Spirit, and would you breathe on them, Holy Spirit? Breathe into life, those embers again, Lord. I pray fresh fire, fresh desire, fresh passion and desire to know Jesus again and to follow him. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.